I'm so excited to be in the house with you today. Um, we're going to bring a, an awesome word, uh, but I want to kind of give you just a little bit of backstory behind who I am, kind of just the cliff note version of that. And so my name's Dan. I'm a South Texas native, really as far as South as Texas goes. And so if you picture the state, the point, I'm like right down there, last city, uh, border city. Uh, really amazing town, really the Mexican food and the tacos just flow like milk and honey. I tried making a list of the amount of taquerias that we have, and I stopped at it around 50, and this is just in one city, you guys. So amazing little town. Uh, really last year was just kind of a big year for me because there was this undeniable calling in my life uh, that, that God was just calling me to come to the state of Montana. And in 2016, it was like the first time I'd ever heard of Fresh Life. And I think that's where the seed was planted. And over the years, I was in ministry and I was doing what God was calling me to do. And, and this past year, it was just so undeniable that God was calling me. And so I packed everything in my CRV. Imagine trying to pack about 32 years of life in just a CRV. And so I made the trek all the way over here, about 36 hours, split up into five days and uh, really, it just brought me back to when I gave my life to Jesus in, in 2014, uh, back in my home church. I was sitting in this area. Don't know what Pastor Bob was preaching at the time. I just remember bawling. And then I remember just giving my life to Jesus. And I, in that moment, I told God, Lord, whatever it is that you're calling me to do, my answer in advance is yes. And so that's how I've been living my life. It just Yes is, and I've been able to see God just do the imaginable, and it's been so amazing. And so I'm so grateful for our pastors, uh, Levi and Jenny, for allowing me the opportunity to share the word with you, Pastor Kyle, for just his mentorship in my life, and and for all of you for making this South Texas boy just feel right at home, you guys. Like I'm so grateful for each and every one of y'all. So we've been in a series of talks that we call uh, Make Up Your Mind, and it has been so amazing. Uh, we've been in three weeks of them. Next week will actually be the fourth part, and so we're going to switch gears today. But I encourage you, if you haven't listened to those, uh, make sure you go listen to them. They've been so, so so good. But we're going to switch gears and we're going to jump into John chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles, feel free. If not, we'll have it right on the screens. But just to give you a little bit of backstory of what's kind of happening uh, right here. In just the previous chapter, in chapter 9, uh, we see Jesus healing a man who was blind since birth. Amazing. But you know Jesus, not only does he heal this, ma uh, this man who is blind, but he does it on the Sabbath. And this riles up the Pharisees and they're just like angry, you know, blasphemer, false prophet. Uh, you can't be doing this on the Sabbath. And so they're just so enraged. They go to this man who was once blind and they ask him, by whose authority have you been healed? And he tells them by Jesus, the Christ. And in that time, if you acknowledge Jesus as the Christ, you were cast out of the synagogues. And that's exactly what happened to this guy. So Jesus kind of catches wind of this. He goes to that man that was once blind, talks to him, and that man acknowledges Jesus as the Christ and begins to worship him right on the spot. Pharisees hate this. And so there's an exchange that happens. And so Jesus uh, tells him a parable and tells him a story. And that's where we jump in. And the uh, name of the chapter here is, I am the good shepherd. 
And it says, truly, truly. And I'm going to stop there. Because if you don't already know, whenever you see truly, truly, or most assuredly, I say to you, really Jesus saying like, hey, listen up, lean in. What it means is amen, amen. And usually, typically, that's at the end of like a prayer. But he does it at the beginning, just showing how important it is what he's about to say. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, like you didn't get it the first time, but, but let me just, let me tell you again. Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. I, just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay my life down for the sheep and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my, of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. Let's pray. Uh, father, we ask that your word would just resonate in our hearts today. We ask that you would give us years to hear uh, what you're trying to speak to us as we navigate this life walking with you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray, amen. All right, well, if you're taking notes, uh, I titled this message, Where There Are Sheep, There Are Wolves. Now, we all have a way of doing certain things. Like it's one thing, but we all have different ways of doing it. So like when it comes to coffee, is there any coffee lovers in the house? Okay, y'all got some caffeine in y'all today. So we all have our own way of doing coffee. It might be a French press. It might be a pour over. It might be going through the drive-thru to get a latte. My dad would probably argue that instant coffee is gonna do the exact same job as my espresso. Like... He's probably right, but we all have our way of doing things, our own way of working out. Maybe you're a runner and you're saying running's the way to go, cardio's the way to go. I do half marathons and full marathons throughout the year. That's how I get mine in. Maybe you're a bodybuilder and you're saying, no, man, you need the protein. One gram of protein per every pound of weight that you are. That's how much protein you need. And you need to go to the gym three to four weeks and you need to work out certain muscle groups and you got to rotate them. Maybe you're a hiker, maybe you're a climber, maybe you like to cycle. We all have different ways of doing that exercise. Okay, this one's like, I wonder what you all think because the last service told me something, so I'm just curious. The toilet paper roll, is it over 
or is it under? Ah, okay, good. The consensus is over. Uh, We all have a way of doing things. Uh, We all have a way of how you raise your kids, how you handle your finances, even down to how we rest is different. I like to clean, wash, make a meal, watch the movie, listen to music. That's how I rest. But our rest might look differently for each and every one of us. But no matter how differently we all do these things, the end result is the same. We all drink our cup of coffee. We all get the workout in. Our children are being raised. We are getting the rest in and finances are being handled. And so today, that's what I kind of want to drive today, that our hope would be that as we follow the good shepherd, that we would lead a life of follow. Yes, our relationship with Jesus all looks completely different, but at the end of the day, my hope is that we would all be walking with Jesus. And so we have a few characters in this passage. Um, We have a hired hand, we have a gatekeeper, but I'm going to focus on three here. Uh, We're going to focus on sheep, we're going to focus on the good shepherd, and we're going to focus on wolves. Uh, And really, my hope is that we would learn from kind of a little bit of their attributes and characteristics that would make us better followers of Jesus. And so the first one is the way of sheep. So sheep are weak, they're meek, they're defenseless. Like whenever I think of sheep, I just think of like, it's just, they're, they're just there, you know? And I always thought to myself, like, Jesus, why would you compare us to sheep? Well, honestly, we make mistakes. We mess up. We fall time and time again. We're we're defenseless at times. But but really what Jesus is trying to say is that, that we're in need of a shepherd. We're in need of someone to follow. And so don't be fooled. Sheep do have some strengths. I'm not saying they're going to rule the world or anything like that. But sheep do have their strengths. And their first one is their ability to flock and their ability to follow. They're just so good at flocking, being together. If they hear like a noise that startles them, they boom, they, they get together. And so whenever I'm taking notes or things like that, I always do it in the form of questions. And so who are you flocking with? Because our actions, our attitudes, our direction of life is heavily influenced by who we flock with. There was a a story in 2005 in Turkey. There was a sheepfold of about 1,500 sheep. Now, these 1,500 sheep went ahead and got on the side of a cliff. 1,500 sheep just leaped off a cliff. A quarter of those didn't make it, unfortunately. But what I'm trying to say here is what's wild is it only took one sheep to lead the other 1,499 sheep off a cliff. So Jesus cares so much about community. And if you found yourself in the house thinking, well, I don't have community. It's, it's not available. I've tried. Uh, I'm, I'm, I just haven't found it yet. I'm not ready. Maybe what God is trying to say that maybe it's time to start to build it. Look to your left. Look to your right. Look in front of you. Look behind you. Look above you. One flock, one shepherd. We need a space where we can come together around food, around each other, and talk about what God's doing in our lives, what God is teaching us through his word, what he's doing in and through our lives, to be encouraged, to be empowered, to be prayed for. We need to be a part of a flock. So who are you flocking with? 
And if it's no one, maybe it's time to start building that and invite people into the circle, invite people to your home. One of the other cool things about sheep is that they have a great appetite. That really indicates good health in a sheep. If they're hungry, because sheep are always hungry, that means they're doing good. The moment that they aren't eating, they don't have an appetite, that's a symptom of a sick sheep. So what does your appetite for the Lord look like? I don't know about you, but when, when I'm with friends, we start to talk about food and it's like, where are we gonna go eat? I'm craving this, what about that? How about this, how about that? And we like spend the next hour just talking about food and never eating it. But at the end of it, I'm just like ready to eat and I'm hungry. Like literally this past week, I went to the barbershop and I was talking with, with the guy and he asked me, he's like, hey, where are you from? I was like, oh, I'm from a border city in South Texas. He's like, cool, I'm actually from Arizona. Uh, I'm also a part of a border city. And he's like, uh, he's, he asked me, he's like, hey, so what's the one thing that you miss the most? And I look at him and I was like, the food. And he's like, the food. I was like, yes, 100%. And he's like, well, I'm lucky because, you know, I married a Hispanic girl. And so whenever we go to the families, like we eat really well. And so we start talking about food and quesadillas and uh, sincronizadas. I'm going to do a little bit of Spanish, Spanglish, I'm sorry, here and there. Sincronizadas, you know, you get a, a corn tortilla and you melt some Oaxaca cheese over it and you put some chorizo and you go ahead and add some, some fajita, some meat in that, toast that up and you have a sincronizada. Enchiladas, taught them the recipe for making a good salsa. If you need it, hit me up. I'll give it to you right after. It's not that hard. And so here we are talking about all this food and the barber two chairs down like interrupts and he's like, Guys, like y'all are making me hungry. Like the more you talk about food, like I'm gonna go get some food after this cut. And so the same thing is with our relationship with God. The more we include God in everything that we do, the more we talk about what he's doing, the more our appetite grows for the Lord. Another thing that's super amazing about sheep, they have excellent hearing. I did not know this but I guess it makes sense because they hear the shepherd's voice and they follow him, but they can actually amplify sound, uh, which is wild. This is why when a stranger comes and tries to call the sheep, they don't go to them. They go to the shepherd when they hear the voice. And so one of my favorite things, you guys, in summer, as I was a kid, was playing like tag with my cousins. Uh, we had a big family, about five aunts, six uncles, and so we were all at my grandma's house under this big mesquite tree and the aunts and uncles are just like cracking jokes, you know, bagging on each other. They're planning the next bachanga, which is like a party. Who's bringing the food? Who's making what? And it was just like so fun. But me and my cousins were out there like wild playing tag. And you all would have probably like hated us as kids because we were like jumping fences into neighbors' yards. We were getting in their trees and we were just like having a blast. And so we would do that for hours. But the first indicator that let us know that, that it was almost time to go in, this is a time before a text or a phone call was like, hey, you need to get home. It was when the sun began to set. And I had to, uh, I had to Google translate this because growing up, I only knew this as chicharras. It was an insect. I looked it up. It's a cicada. And so what a cicada does is that it begins to, to hum and buzz. And it kind of starts off low and it buzzes. And then it gets like higher, higher, higher. And then it like levels off and then keeps for a bit. But that was only an indicator that it was almost time to come home. 
even like the lampposts and stuff like that didn't, that didn't mean for us to go in. It wasn't until the aunts started to call out our names. So my tia Fina was like, Louie! Boom, that guy went. My tia Chela, um, she began, Robbie, Joshua, Michelle, and they would go in. Junie, Stephanie, Sammy, and they would all go in. But we're still good. I mean, you know, my name hasn't been called. I've still got some, I still got some time left. But it wasn't until my mom started calling out myself and my brothers, Miguel, Adrian, Daniel. When a Hispanic parent yells your name in Spanish, that's when you know it's time to go in. But why didn't I answer when my other aunts were calling us in? I grew up with my mother. She raised me my whole life, and I know her voice. It was when she called that I began to go. And my mom's voice, like if she was here and she yelled my name, I, knew, I would know exactly that it was her. And if she said it in Spanish, I knew I'd be in trouble. So are you listening to the shepherd's voice? Because God is always speaking. If it's not through his word, if it's not through prayer, if it's not through his creation, like God will find a way to speak to you. But, but what are we doing to hear God's voice? And I want to encourage you is that do whatever you have to do to hear from God. Like, I get it. The, the world is like busy. It's go, 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 go. We don't even take a rest day because we're just moving, 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 moving. It's more, it's more, it's more, it's more. And then at the end of the day, we just feel burnt out. But I want to encourage you, do whatever you have to do to hear from God. Maybe that looks like you waking up 30 minutes before the kids are up and getting in that quiet time with God. Get into fit for the fight, worship, pray. Maybe it looks different for you. Like for me, I love to go for drives. That's just what I love to do. I'll go for a drive. I'll listen to some worship music and I'll just be silent. Maybe some silence is what you need in your life to just hear from God. but I don't hear him yet. Be still. Nope, not yet. Continue in silence. I guarantee you, God will speak. Whether it's asking you to talk to someone you haven't in a bit and pray for them. Maybe it's a conviction to, to start reading your word more. Maybe it's a conviction to, to start going above and beyond. Maybe start serving, doing something else, but, but God will speak. So do whatever you have to do. So that's the way of the sheep. They're great at flocking. They have an awesome appetite, as do I. We also have, they're, they're, they're great at, at hearing. Now let's talk about the way of the shepherd. Uh, we're not going to go through the whole thing, but Ezekiel 34, just write that down. And the way I always do my notes, I'll do Ezekiel 34, draw a little mark going this way, and then John 10. It's so insane. Ezekiel 34 is a prophecy against the shepherds of Israel. Um, God is just so upset here because the Pharisees and the shepherds of Israel at the time, they were not taking care of the sheep. They were neglecting them. And so they were just there to build themselves up. They were there to, to make sure that they were okay. And in that, the sheep began to scatter and wild beasts would go ahead and capture these sheep. And so God says, that's enough. There's gonna be a day where there is just one shepherd over my flock. 
And I love it because Jesus fulfills that prophecy. He's, he's not just a shepherd. He's not just one that is gonna look over the sheep, but he is the good shepherd. He's the one that said, I am, I am, for I am statement saying, I am God. I am the one fulfilling the prophecy that was said in Ezekiel 34. So what does the, sheep, what does the shepherd do? He protects the flock. The hired hand, when a wolf comes, runs away, but the good shepherd, he protects the flock. He lays down his life. Even to death, he's willing to go ahead and protect you. You might be saying, well, I'm not worthy of this protection, but things have still happened to me. But God, he says, I know my sheep. I know them by name. So he knows every detail, every little thing that has happened in your life. And he says, I still wanna protect you. I still wanna protect your heart. Sometimes, Correction is his protection. I don't know about you, but I hate being corrected. Y'all ever have like an English teacher as a friend? Okay, if you don't have an English teacher as a friend, what happens is you'll be texting in a group chat and you say something wrong and easily she calls you out on it and she corrects you. Or if we're all in conversation, she'll like correct you. One of my friends is an English teacher. She's awesome. But it just, it just doesn't feel good being corrected, but but it's for our own good, knowing that we're doing things like wrong. Like, it's not like I'm gonna continue doing wrong things and nobody tell me that I'm doing it wrong. Like that would just be, wow, that doesn't make sense. So the shepherds in that time had like a staff, like one of those Bo Peep staffs. And so he would use it to correct the sheep. When the sheep would kind of wander off or you had like a you know, sheep that was riling up the flock, he would, he would go ahead and correct it. And what's amazing about the shepherd is he doesn't drive his sheep. He doesn't say, go and hit them and try and move them. But he's at peace and calm with them, calls them by name, invests into them, checks on them. The way of the shepherd is also he nurtures the flock. What's cool about a shepherd, he will take care of each and every sheep. He will go through each and every one, check if there's any disease, check the hooves. Like he will be so intentional on how he checks on these sheep. And in the same way, he checks on you. Every aspect of your life, he's, he's saying, are you okay here? How's your heart? How's your mind? How's your soul? How's your body? He guides the flock. This is, this is so, okay, I did like a bunch of research on sheep and I'm just like learning so much. But what's insane about sheep, when you don't have a good shepherd, really what happens when you have a flock, they're, they're gonna graze and they're gonna eat. And so a good shepherd would, once the field is nice and grazed, they will move it to another, another pasture. A bad shepherd kind of leaves them there. And we know that sheep have a good appetite. Really, they don't know when to stop to eat. And so they will continue eating and eating and eating. Grass is gone. They'll go down to root. They'll continue eating, eating, eating. They'll go down to rubble. They'll go down to dirt and they'll continue eating. I wonder if God has been trying to take us to greener pastures, to grow us, to guide us, to give us more calling and purpose, but we keep our head down and graze and graze and and Jesus is calling you and you're grazing, but, you know, but this dirt and rubble is good. I'll keep on going. But Jesus says in that same scripture that he has a life and a life abundantly for each and every one of us. How can we see 
what God has for us if we have our head down. It's time to, to allow God to lead us to greener pastures, everybody. Like what a picture perfect world it would be if that was just it, if it was just like sheep and the good shepherd, I'm like good because I know he protects me. I know he guides me. I know I'm being nurtured. I have a flock that I'm going with. Like things are great if it was just sheep and the good shepherd, like we're good, but it's not like that because where there are sheep, there are wolves. And we see in there that, that the, the enemy is here to kill, steal and destroy, steal your calling, steal your purpose, destroy your family dynamic, your marriage. You know, a wolf just prowls. At times they, they can track their prey for, for a couple miles. And so a wolf will just prowl and watch. And that's how the enemy works. He prowls and he watches. Hey, it's okay. Yeah, keep on watching what you're watching. Nobody's around. It's cool. Hey, grace is sufficient enough. Like, you'll be fine. You know what? Continue staying late nights. You're providing for your family. Like, they'll be okay. Don't worry. Keep on working late nights. They don't need you at home. Hey, you need more money. Pick up that shift on Sunday. Honestly, you, you, you saw last week's message. So that's enough sustenance for you. And, and you'll be fine. And he prowls and he prowls. And he waits for the sheep to begin to scatter, scatter. And then you have that one stray sheep and the enemy goes and snatches it. He's trying to attack a generation. And that's why I'm so honored that, that we have an amazing student pastor and his wife who, who care for the flock that are gonna say the enemy can't take a hold of them. And I know they're great shepherds because I know they don't do it on their own strength. It's because of who they follow and their obedience to who they follow that they're allowed to lead the way they lead. And I love it in Acts and just the readings that we're doing for Fit for the Fight. And we see a verse that, that says that sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams. That's a spectrum of young all the way to old. And God is trying to do something amazing in your life, students. He's looking to call an under-challenged generation to stand up, to follow in obedience to the good shepherd, to do what he's calling them to do. But if you're in here and, and you're on the older side of the spectrum, God's not done with you. You will dream dreams. And there's a calling in your life and a mantle that God is looking to place on you to invest into a generation that needs it. He's not done with you. This is what I love in Matthew 10, 16. It says, behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Why Jesus? Why, why as a sheep, if you know I'm defenseless, if you know I'm, I'm weak, I'm meek, why are you sending me out in the midst of wolves? Because it's never been about me. It's never been about our success, our skills, our stature. It's never been about us. It's always been about the good shepherd the one who goes before us to guide us. But he says, go out as wise as serpents and innocent as doves. One of our values here at Fresh Life is that we are snake birds. 
And this is what that means. It means that we will do everything in our power given us through the Holy Spirit. We will do everything and anything that God is calling us to do, but we allow God to do what only he can do. And so we're going to go in boldness because I know who goes before me. It is the good shepherd. Limitations and obstacles are not going to stop me. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to be doing the hard things, the things that nobody else wants to do to reach the people that nobody are reaching. And I'm not going to take no for an answer. So if the good shepherd is sending me out, I'm going to go as a snake bird and I'm going to do what God is calling me to do and allow him to do what he could only do. So yes, in, in where there are sheep, yes, there are wolves, but in the midst of that picture, we have the good shepherd. And he is the good shepherd. Isaiah 53, 6 says this, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. When I think even about my life, I was that one. There was this version of Dan before 2014 and I call him 2010 Dan. That guy was a wreck. That guy was caught in a cycle of sin and just kept on in that cycle, cycle, feeling empty every time I tried to fill myself up with whatever it was. I was just in a cycle and a cycle. And it wasn't until Jesus showed up in my life, me feeling not worthy, dirty, in a muck, but Jesus rolled up his sleeves, got in there and pulled me out. And he wants to do the same for you. I wanna lead us in, in two prayers. The first is on this walk with God. It's not easy to lead a life of follow because we're always looking to lead. We think we have it all figured out. It's on paper, it's on a plan. We, we got it all figured out. But leading a life of follow means, Lord, my plans are yours and I'm willing to exchange those for what you have for me in my life. So that first prayer is gonna be for our relationships with God that we would learn to follow. The second is an invitation for someone who feels they've gone astray or they don't know Jesus as a good shepherd. But right where you're at, you can bow your heads, we're gonna pray. Father God, I'm so grateful that we get to be here and, and hear your word to know and understand that you are the good shepherd, that you know each and every one of us by name. Father, I'm asking that as we continue to lead this life with you, that we will learn to follow you as the good shepherd because you're the one that guides, you're the one that protects, you're the one that nurtures, you're our sustenance, Lord, you are the good shepherd of our lives. And so we're open for whatever you have us to do. Amen. With eyes still closed and heads still bowed, I wanna invite you, if you don't know Jesus as the good shepherd, now is the time. His word says that he leaves the 99 to go after the one. And if that's you today, would you just pray this with me? Church, can we do this together? Jesus, I know I've gone astray. I can't fix myself, but I know that you can. I believe that you died for my sin and resurrected on the third day. I put my faith in you 
And from this day forward, I welcome you as the shepherd of my soul. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.